Good afternoon, all you Super Kicking with Steven fans. Ready to be here. Great to be here. Ready to talk up all the wrestling news. We got a lot of news to unpack. Of course, I got to bring all my co-hosts right there. The Greg one, uh, sporting his son's gear. So let's get there. Started first. Congrats to your sons. Knocking off the Lakers. Giving LeBron James his first ever first round loss. Um, he had some interesting comments after it. But, uh, yeah, Greg, how are you feeling today with your sons? I <laughs> oh, love and love the king. Oh, and they taking the world over, man. There you, yeah. And I was seeing there's a good stat that the most recent championship team left is the Mavericks, who won in 2011, and then everybody else. Well, you got half of them. Yeah, uh, Greg, make sure your uh, volume, we can barely hear your mic now. So whatever you need to do on your end for your mic, uh, make sure that's all up to date for us. Because I can hear you very faintly in my ear, but uh, whatever you change, change back. That makes sense? Give me two minutes. Two minutes, okay. I'll talk until then. Uh, so anyways, uh, real quick playoff talk. We're basketball fans, as you can see, by Greg's son jersey. Uh, I was getting ready to say the Mavericks are the most recent championship team uh, in 2011. Everybody else uh, just, you know, some of them having won for the first time ever. So we might see a first-time champion, I think. That's that's kind of my thinking, either the Bucks or the Nets or maybe his sons or maybe the Jazz. You got quite a bit of teams, Clippers. You got it. I think five or six teams still left that have never won a title, so that's kind of cool to see. Uh, but I um, I went live on my Facebook page to kind of talk up what we're going to give you. So here's our rundown. We got a, about six or seven releases that just happened this week for WWE. We have Raw got a new announcer. We had SmackDown. We had NXT stuff. Let me bring Greg back on as I'm talking up. Hopefully we got him back. Um, we got SmackDown. We got NXT. We got AEW had double or nothing. They had Friday Night Dynamite last night. We had SmackDown last night, and we are here ready for playoff basketball. We got SmackDown, or we have Friday Night Dynamite, I think, next week. Saturday night, the week after that for NXT, or for, um, oh, let's see. Oh, you're muted right now. And I cannot unmute you, which is funny, so... Oh, I think we're – go ahead. Got nothing now. When we first talked off-air, you sounded perfect, but then you couldn't hear me. So, oh, now try. Oh, there you are. It's it's still a little bit low. Oh, all right. We'll give Greg one more chance. <laughs> we'll try him again. So um, this is all the power of live talk. Uh, thanks for joining us on, on YouTube. Thank you for joining on BW Sports 1. And thank you, of course, for joining us here right here on Super Kicking with Steven. I'm going to go ahead and get started with this releases because this was pretty big news. 
I'll start kind of at the back end of a couple names that I don't know where they might end up, and I don't maybe care that much. So Santana Garrett is somebody. Um, yeah, there you go. Yep, I know, Dan. We can hear me and nothing from Greg. I heard Greg earlier, and then he couldn't hear me, and now he could hear me, and he couldn't talk. So the power of technology, we'll get it working here soon. Um, so Santana Garrett was on the chopping block. She was in NXT. I think she was in the women's uh, classic, the May Young classic. I haven't seen much of her, so I think she ends up in Impact Wrestling, maybe on the indie scene. Maybe she goes to ROH. They're really building up their women's division. So that name, I don't think is a big loss. Next, we'll go to, I think Buddy Murphy is an interesting name, though. He hadn't done anything since the whole Mysterio family stuff. I thought you could have done more with him and um, uh, Seth Rollins. I'll bring Greg on. Third time is a charm. Cross your fingers. Don't cross the streams. Let's see how this works. How are we doing now, Greg? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can. Yep, let me <laughs> turn you down there. I got you. Yeah, it must be those headphones. So whatever you're – we might have to might fix that. But – Real quick, um, I don't know if you got to talk about your sons, but you could talk about your sons for a minute since you are sporting the sons gear right there. Yes, sir. The sons took them four and two. And uh, everybody, little brother, the sons, and goes, uh, Lakers going to take away till Anthony Davis gets back and wait till LeBron is healthy. And they're just going to flip the switch and win another chip. And uh, everybody kind of looked over the sons, even though they had second best record in the league. And uh, they went to the Lakers' house and beat them, and they did the little brother to the Lakers for it. So it was so beautiful to see it. And uh, then get on social media and, and give it to all my uh, Laker friends. So it's, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And, and they, uh, they, they took it to them in they took it to them in game six. That was it wasn't even close, was it? I mean, nah, I think they were up by twenty or so at some point. Yeah, they got up to twenty nine. And, okay. Uh, to follow up that thirty-point beatdown in Game Five, but uh, you know they they give some false hope and let him shave off some points. But yeah, it wasn't even a it wasn't even a game. And uh, but for us Suns fans, who've been long suffering, it's been well overdue. And where better to uh, announce that you're back by dethroning the reigning champion? So so proud of the Suns. So you know, planted orange. Yeah, buddy. And like I said, I, I'm sure you saw the stats. So the Mavericks are the most recent champion in 2011. I think of everybody else, there's like quite a few never won a title and then some in the 50s and 60s or 70s. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a first-time champion. I mean, the odds the odds are saying that. They would be. I mean, it's uh... – Crazy considered the teams that have come through here, the uh, seven seconds or less Suns that were blowing every team out of the out of the building by 20, 30 points a night. And uh, they got screwed by one Robert Ory hip, hip check. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the Barkley Suns that just had the unfortunate run into uh, Michael Jordan's Bulls at their prime, rocking the uh, number nine Dan Marley jersey just to go old school today. But... Uh, yeah. Well, who who it's didn't have that th- who didn't have that Thunder Dan poster in their room? Uh, I think it was like him, like shooting. It looked like the moon was in the background. 
<laughs> back exactly. back in the day when you know posters were the thing. So um, yeah, I think you know the Nets have never won. The Bucks, maybe what the Bucks have maybe won in the. I think it's been a while for them if they've even won one. Clippers obviously never won one. Jazz haven't won one. Your Suns, like that's five teams right there. I don't think yeah. the Hawks have won one. So true. yeah, you you got quite. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, you know. What is ESPN going to talk about? Because they don't have any major market teams left. But that's a whole other conversation. I guess exactly. they'll figure out. The, they'll probably just talk up more football. Because, you know, that's all they talk up anyway. So, um, Well, hey, we got to see uh, Devin Booker's coming out party. The, the, the uh, yeah. casual basketball fan doesn't know who Devin Booker is. But that's the beauty of beating the Lakers in the first round. Because now everybody knows you have to see him Because everybody mm-hmm. was watching the Lakers. And when everybody was watching LeBron. And... Devin Booker showed out, and, and now if you didn't know, now you know, as the rappers used to say. So, and Chris Paul has been hurt off and on throughout this series, right? Or has he played much in this series? I thought I heard. Yeah, he, he has. He suffered a shoulder injury in Game One, and he's been okay. uh, biting down his mouthpiece and toughing through it. Okay, and he's really been the uh, veteran catalyst of the team. Devin Booker's the star, of course, but. Yeah. He has got all those pieces running the way Steve Nash did, but those seven seconds are less sons mm-hmm. where he had a bunch of, you know, young upstarts that uh, were just all energy and, you know, too much can jump out of the gym, but they needed to be reined in. They needed to be mm-hmm. pointed in the right direction. And he was the maestro. And that's what Chris Paul does. Right. He's the maestro. And you have all these, you know, young guys who are ready to jump out the building it can run you off the floor, but they need that veteran direction. That's what he's provided. And he's had an MVP season because of it. Yeah. That's what some people are saying. Like it's too bad or, you know, it's too bad you don't vote on the MVP after the season Yeah, because some guys end up carrying their team higher, you know, even if they were, they could add more to their resume. So, uh, but go sons. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun kind of rest of the playoffs with, you know, like I said, the Lakers out, the Heat, you know, weren't there. So now you're going to have two new, two fresh teams in there in the finals. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I was just getting ready to talk up these releases, Greg, that just came out, which, whew, we were surprised wow. by. It, it, it caught yeah. me off guard. So I'm starting kind of at the least interesting. I hate saying that word, but so I brought up Santana Garrett. I think she ends up in impact, maybe ROH, because ROH is trying to build up the women's division. Did you have any thoughts on Santana Garrett there, Greg? I know she was in NXT. I think she was in the Mae Young Classic too, but she she wasn't on TV. Well, I did hear she was in the Royal Rumble, which I completely forgot. So anything on uh, Santana Garrett for you? Yeah, if NXT can't find anything to do with you, then you're not long for this world in WWE. So. Um, not surprised and you know she's been gone and forgotten for a while so i'm surprised it took this long really and next up i want to bring up buddy murphy uh he, i put him it's interesting to put him there because he was he was really hot and i think he was one of the big pandemic heroes i thought he really stepped up his game obviously him and wesley blake had the big tag team in nxt for you know a couple years with alexa bliss I don't know why they didn't call them up together and try to keep running that. And then you split them up. But I think he could have done more with the Seth Rollins stuff. It felt like they were 
right there, but they just couldn't, you know, it's like they didn't want to go all in. So I think maybe ROH, maybe impact as well for him. Do you see him in AEW or do you see him kind of maybe ROH impact and then maybe an indie run scene, you know, indie scene, but uh, I don't see him in AEW quite yet. Yeah. He needs to, you know, go back to basics and, you know, resharpen his game. Um, the Eve wasn't helped at all with the, um, with the creative after the whole Seth Rollins Mysterio eye gimmick was done. There was nothing for him, but the guy is talented. He is really good. Um, mm-hmm. I love Blake and Murphy in NXT. Um, I remember that fantastic match he had. Uh, I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but it was in Australia and when he won the uh, Cruiserweight title. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he probably got one of the loudest pops of the night. Um, fantastic match. Then the series of matches he had with Alicia Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were barn burner matches. And nobody expected that, so they kept running it back. Um, so, you know, guys got it in him, but he just kind of got stuck in the weeds um, creatively, and he couldn't do anything to further his character after the whole Mysterio angle was over. So um, I'm glad he was released just because you hate to see a talent at that get wasted. And so some some place like ROH or Impact or, you know, another – up and coming company could use a guy like him for star power because we know who he is, but he hasn't been a WWE lifer long enough to just be, you know, thought of as another WWE cast off. He can really recreate himself 100%, and we'll almost forget that he was a WWE character. And that's what I think you're that point right there. I think find what you think is going to work for you. It's kind of like this Steve Macklin guy who. Um, he's kind of recreating himself or you think of Matt Cardona, formerly Zach Ryder, you know, that type of just start at the roots and build yourself up. So, uh, next up Lana, I was, <laughs> I was personally surprised by, I mean, honestly, now when you think about it, she's going to AEW. I, I just can't see, you got to believe she wants to be with Rusev and it makes sense, especially if everybody's going to be torn soon. I don't know what she'll do there, but you know, maybe you could do Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford start beating her, beating him down, and then she shows up to kind of take out Penelope. So I think it's you know, that's probably the 100 percent book it, just book her to a or to AW. You know, I don't know what you'll call her anal. You could just do Lana backwards. I don't know, but anyways. Um, yeah, that was the dumb, that was a dumb joke. I apologize. I heard a oh, real geez. name, CJ. That's a good, CJ's kind of a wrestler name, right? I mean, CJ Perry's her real name. So, I mean, I think it's, uh, it, she's headed for AEW though. You know, whenever her 90 days is up, maybe all out type air, you know, that type of time frame. So, uh, Greg, any, and I will say, I give her credit though. She, I thought she was coming along. Is there still work to be done? Of course. But now she's got all the time in the world. So she could keep training with Natalia down there in Tampa and, you know, build up her game. And like I said, I mean, putting her back with Miro is the most logical thing to do. So uh, any thoughts on Lana being released? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy for her because uh, another thing, she's been wasted and, 
she'd been so defined down to she wasn't a believable in-ring talent. You know, look how she came in as the mouthpiece for Rusev, the you know, the ravishing Russian, and people were more interested in seeing her than seeing him. And they just wanted to see her for her looks, not for her ability to wrestle. And, you know, we love the accent. We love the, you know, the bring out. And um, she spent so long doing that. And then she spent so long getting beat down by Shayna and Naya. Uh, what, 12 weeks getting put through a table in a row or something like that. And mm-hmm. then um, she goes off. TV for a couple months and comes back and attack team with Naomi and we're supposed to believe she's learned how to wrestle. So, you know, she is going to be better off not um, with the company because we don't buy her. At least I didn't know about you. I didn't buy her as a wrestler. Um, she's much better as eye candy. And if she can really go, she can really wrestle. She'd be better off in a different company because it's unbelievable in the uh, WWE world. So I'm I'm glad she's getting the lead and AEW is, you know, slam dunk. Um, what makes no sense to me is that uh, if you're being released, then why do you have to wait 90 days? So, you know, you didn't quit. They fired you. So she should be able to pop up next week if she wants to. So I don't get that. But, you know, good for her. Good for Rusev, Miro, that uh, they finally get to be back together. So. You know, happy for them. Yeah, why they ne- they even if it was going to be a tag team title run for a week, that would have been the payoff to that storyline. Like Lana should have overcame that, especially they put yeah. out a chronicle on her. Uh, I mean, everything was right there. So I don't know why they, like I said, you'd pull the trigger on it, and if it doesn't work, you just drop the titles the next week. I mean, does it look good? No, but at least you gave the payoff to it, and then you move along. But I mean, I, like I said, I don't think she's the best in the ring, or the, but I don't think she's the worst. But she she was showing strides. And like you said, I think AEW, because they have some women that are really green, and then they have some women that are really good. So she could kind of be that maybe on the green side, but get better hopefully as, as it goes. Next up, Ruby Riot. <laughs> I cannot believe – well, I can't believe Liv Morgan is still there. And I wonder if she might be next because she got beat down last night by Carmella. And that makes me wonder. But Ruby Riot now going, she doesn't know if she'll go back to her original name, which is Heidi Loveless, which that's, I don't know about that last name. But, anyways, um, so I think Ruby's going to be, I don't know where. I, I think she could go wherever. I mean, it, wherever she wants to do. And maybe if she wants to do some indie scene time and then, Decide where she wants to go or do a short run in Impact and see if she likes it there, or a short run in ROH, a short run in ADAW. But I think they really missed an opportunity with her. I mean, all of her stuff with Shayna Baszler, with Ronda Rousey, and then the Riot Squad, why they never won the tag team titles is beyond me. Uh, the three person team, now, because now you got Sarah Rowe already gone, you have Ruby Riot gone. I mean, Liv Morgan is literally. Probably thinking, okay, I'm ready, you know, unless she really wants to try to move herself, you know. But I thought she did get some good time last night on the ring, but in the ring. But I, yeah, I think Ruby Riot, I don't know where she's going to end up. I think wherever she does, I'll watch her and see where she goes from there. What do you got, Greg? Yeah, she was, 
her her time was wasted pretty much. Um, aside from thinking of them as you know as a riot squad, the three of them, um, mm-hmm. NXT and her main roster run combined, there was nothing memorable uh, to me. There's no match I can point to and go. She had that match with this person, and it was awesome. Um, you know, they had the origin of the race one, and they would, you know, do some sneak attacks or whatever, and uh, the look was interesting and things like that, but um, there was there was nothing noteworthy that they did. Um, so, you know, all three of them have been pretty much wasted and ruined, and they all need to be somewhere else, um, you know, far away from WWE, and I think... Uh, like Lana, they'll be considered, you know, brand new pretty much because they really did nothing noteworthy or memorable. And they, their screen time was so little that um, that's another case of, you know, we barely knew you were there. And so we're not going to consider you a WWE cast off. You know, she's been all over the world and, um, you know, is throwing down great matches elsewhere. So, you know, let her get back to that. And, you know, kind of consider this WWE run a bad dream. And hopefully, you know, maybe, like I said, she could do what she can in other companies. Um, but it will be interesting to see where she pops up. Now we're into the, I call them the top two names because, let's face it, these are the two names that we think, where in the world did this come from? Alistair Black just started this Dark Father character just came on TV, took out Big E, and then was set to have new music, he said. Set to have new, um, like a new attire that was just shipped to him, unfortunately. Or, you know, coming away. And, yeah. I mean, he was the first, and he was the first one. So I'm scrolling through Twitter, and you're seeing, like, oh, there could be people being released. And he was the first one right underneath that to say, this hit me out of left field in, you know, I'm sh- a little shocked by it. He was, he's been so positive, though. Um, I've seen people talk about his Twitch streams. He's had nothing but good things to say. Because, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, that's the way to go about it. You, you can save the, I am so pissed off right now for the private side. You know, say to Selena. <laughs> you know, just, right. you know, you got, I think you, you got to put the forefront, the public guy that, you know, you're positive about it. Because, you never know. Down the road, he might prove himself, and then they think, "Oh, well, we want to try." You know, now we know. But and then he might say, "No, you're you already lost your chance." But you know, you can't just come out and you know be so bitter and callous and you know whatnot about it. It's just like us if we got fired from a job. You know, you just never know. Like you might have a chance to come back. So I think he's approached it the best way he can, and I do think he ends up. Um. I think he ends up in AEW, honestly. And I would like to see him as the Dark Order. I know it's going to be tough to um, be part with, you know, Brody Lee type deal, but he's got to look for it. And it's much better than Hangman Page. <laughs> so is it feel too blatant? Yes. But I think, you know, no matter what, AEW would be a good fit for Aleister Black. Now he's going back to Tommy in which was his original ring name, though. Uh, Greg, do you see him in AW or 
where do you think you see Tommy N showing up? Yeah, um, I am really, really bummed out about Alistair Black because more than anybody else uh, on this list, um, it was like I told you a few weeks ago, I was there for his first match in NXT, mm-hmm. um, WrestleMania weekend at WrestleMania 33. I went to the takeover the night before, and that was his first match against Andrade. Um, and it was a fantastic match. And he had the, uh, what, month and a half, two months worth of uh, debut build up with the vignettes and things. And when we saw him come out, it was Undertaker-esque. Uh, with the entrance and the music and um, all of us are sitting there like, I don't know who this guy is, but he looks awesome. His music is banging and uh, I want to see what he can do. And, you know, he had a great NXT run. Like I said that that angle he had with uh, Velveteen Dream was one of my favorite angles of the last decade easily. Um and when he got to the main roster, everything went to crap. Uh, they, you know, started him and stopped him and started him, and stopped him. And it, the end of the road was that whole uh, eye gimmick with Seth Rollins. I mean, that eye gimmick has been killing a lot of characters off lately. Um, and they finally got to bring him back to the Dark Father thing. It was starting to look good. Um, bringing him out to beat Big E was interesting. So, because we're thinking about that matchup, it's like, it's going to be a good matchup. And now he's gone. And so, like, okay, why would you even bother doing that if you knew you were going to release him? Um, so, I'm, I'm bummed for him, but a guy who is that talented and has that unique look is not going to be unemployed for long. And AEW would be a great spot for him because um, as one of the taller characters to match up with a guy like a Lance Archer um, and, you know, some of the other um, tall guys so that the, they're not always uh, mismatched against, you know, guys who are 5'9", uh, young buck size mm-hmm. uh, makes sense. And he can go for, you know, those top titles and, you know, get you know, brought in kind of like Andrade was uh, this past week. You know, it's a big deal. You know, the hottest free agent, quote unquote, um, and you know, hit the ground running. So, and maybe he does like Carrie uh, and Scarlett did, come in together with Zelina, and you know, it's a package deal, and have that kind of dynamic going for him. And maybe Zelina does all the talking, and he just stands there looking menacing. That would be cool. Um, so I think the future is bright for him. Um, I would love to see him go head to head with a lot of those guys in AW. So I think that's the logical next step for him. Yeah, and I I completely forgot about Selena. And I mean, I think they'd want to do stuff them together just to set you know just to kind of do it. And then if she you know goes off and wrestles like on AW herself, that's fine. Or like you said, if he is a brooding type character. I think that's fine too. So yeah, he's the one that I think we're all going to be like, okay, that's where we want to see. And even he said now that the cuffs might be off, it'll be interesting to see what he can do with the, you know, what he wants to do. So uh, he, he also quote, you know, he said, yes, it was a little tough being, 
you know, with the cuffs on, but at the same time, that makes you almost have to be more creative because you're given this and then you have to make, you know, do something with it. So, you know, he, like I said, I think he's approached it the best way you can. He's doing some Twitch streams, like playing Call of Duty, you know, to try to get the fan base behind him, which they already are. But, you know, it's a good way to connect the fans. And then when you show up, you know, it's going to be a big pop. Yeah. Uh, unlike, I think, Andrade's yesterday, but we'll get to that later. And then we'll, you know, see what Tommy End can do. And like you said, I think Selena being a package deal with him would be a good idea. Just to even get her foot going with him as well. Now... The last one, Braun Strowman. And it was interesting. You mentioned WWE Lifer. I thought he was. I mean, and he must, I, I think he must have been having a pretty good size chunk of change <laughs> to his name. And maybe that's why they made the cut. But he was the name that, you know, we never heard anything to him saying, I want out. Never heard a bad, you know, was he green in the ring at first? Yeah. But then you think the matches he had with Big Show, with Roman, you know, with Kevin Owens. I mean, I thought he's come a long way from his days with the Wyatt family. And, you know, they never – they put the title on too late. Like, he should have beat Brock one of those times, either Crown Jewel or No Mercy. Uh, but I, I don't know where he's going to end up, honestly. I mean – I guess you can try to throw the money at him at AW, but I don't know. Like I, I wonder if maybe he might just take a break from wrestling and try the acting thing, or you know, I don't know. Like it's gonna be, he's he's just somebody I want to see what is his next step. Everybody else, I feel like is gonna keep wrestling somewhere. I don't know about him. Uh, what do you think, Greg? Do you have any ideas on where you think Braun Strowman will end up? Um. If I was Tony Khan, I would not sign him because he's too, like you said, he, he, I thought he would have been a lifer too. Um, and he's too attached to the WWE brand. You know, if he comes over, you know, all the guys who aren't afraid to take shots at the ex-WWE guys and talk about being from the other place, um, he'd be lit up with that. Um, and that's what everybody you know, the fans would think, because we know him. So no matter what name he comes back under, you know, he's still going to be Braun Strowman. Um, and they they were really too real, too little too late on him. Um, once he had to start speaking for himself, it started going downhill after breaking off from the White family. And... Um, he was hot when he was doing the business with Brock Lesnar uh, and Roman, Roman Reigns. And the thing is, he became a caricature, caricature of himself. Um, you know, his moniker, Monster of Men, when he was, you know, pulling down trusses on top of Brock Lesnar and turn over an ambulance with Roman Reigns inside of it, you know, that was monsterish. And eventually he stopped doing monstrous things. So it was just a name. It was just a catchphrase and he wasn't living up to it. And that's when we stopped buying in on it. And, you know, things, other things other than mind it, you know, the shame of man, you know, blah, 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 brawn. And just him being, you know, jobbed out to so many people and not developing that character in any way. Um, 
he was best at the start when he was doing those monstrous things and we could get behind that. Um, and when he stopped doing that, then it was time for a change. He should have done some type of character change because he went from being a heel to a, a face and nothing changed. His look didn't change, his mannerisms have changed, his moveset didn't change. And so, you know, it's partly WWE's fault and it's partly his own fault for not adapting. You know, when you make those changes, you have to, you know, repackage yourself accordingly. And he didn't do that. And we all kind of got tired of him. Um, and so he was one of those guys when he was on TV, I was ready to see what else was on the other channel. Um, and so uh, I think it's better for like him to said, go off to an, a, a, a smaller company. You know, I could see him in impact uh, challenging those guys because they have nothing in the way of star power and he would immediately make a big splash or, you know, go indie, borrow H and, you know, repackage yourself completely, you know, maybe shave off the beard or change your attire or something like that and just do something completely different. And, you know, maybe later WWE calls you back because, you know, you never want to burn the bridges as much as you may hate it because I've guaranteed out of all the companies that are going right now, WWE still has the most money to pay. So um, you always want to keep that door cracked open if it's possible. Yeah, I think the Shane McMahon stuff, that was that, you know, like you said, he should have something should have changed there. Either you walk away for a couple weeks or something, but that really ruined him. I mean, and like you said, the, the, the changing of, at least he shaved off that stupid ponytail. Like, obviously, he's going bald, and, you know, the time was coming. But trim up that beard or something, like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I just – I don't know where he's going to end up. And Impact would be a good one because there's not a lot of big guys there. They just did sign um, Big Cass so that him and Braun could be, a you know, something. Uh, Moose is pretty big guy, you know, size. But he, would, he, he probably looks small next to Braun, so – yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where he pops up in uh you know next or sorry at the end of three months or worse or worse. So, but yeah, that was um that was a big surprise on I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, yeah, that was that was a tough couple days for those guys, especially you know, like I said, just uh you know Ruby Riot and I mean Lana for all she's tried to do and. Uh, Buddy Murphy for what he's, you know, like you said, the little things he's done. But but Alistair Black was the name. I was like, man, that just, that's the one I'm like, okay, we got to get him somewhere else, take off the handcuffs, and just let him go because I think he could do something. So uh, Monday Night Raw happened. We got a new announcer and Jimmy Smith. First off, Greg, real quick, um, any thoughts on Jimmy Smith? I personally thought he sounded confident. He seemed to click pretty well with Corey and Byron. He knew he seemed to be knowledgeable of what he was talking about. So I think, you know, already he's a step ahead of Adnan Verk and feels like he'll be a good fit for the time, you know, whatever time he is. So uh, how about yourself? What do you think of the new announcing, uh, new announcer, Jimmy Smith? Yeah, I love this one. Uh, Jimmy Smith is awesome. And uh, I'm an MMA guy. And oh, okay that's his world was MMA. He was a Bellator 
play by play guy for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's spent time in other MMA organizations. So the advantage with that is he's been calling lots and lots of MMA fights, one-on-one fights, and got used to building the backstory behind these fighters uh, while the show, while the fight is taking place. So he knows how to do this. He knows, mm-hmm. um, you know, how the how the bread is buttered, as opposed to a guy named, like An- Adnan, who is mostly dealing with team sports on ESPN. Um, you know, boxing is pretty much dead. They don't talk about boxing anymore. Um, they only talk about UFC when there's a big card coming up. And so he's covering team sports. So going to something like wrestling that's, you know, mostly one-on-one um, was a whole different level for him, and he wasn't ready for it. But Jimmy mm-hmm. Smith, um, he's he's lived it for the last couple of decades. So I've heard him call lots of fights. He's a great announcer, and he brings the energy, he brings the knowledge, and he always sounds like the most intelligent guy in the room, even though he's sitting at a table with two other fighters. So uh, I love this pick, and it's going to be like a moral vanilla without all the uh, the metaphors, mm-hmm. the, the crazy metaphors like Moro gave us. Um, just as much energy, but just more straightforward uh, knowledge, and he's still going to bring that passion. So um, I love the uh, the acquisition. I think he's going to be a, a great benefit, a lot more than the other guys they've been bringing in. And um, he hit, knocked it out of the park on his on his first night. So I'm looking forward to hearing him build on that. And like you said, they only had a week to kind of get him ready, but it sounds like he kind of already knew how to work at announce table. And that's that's the one thing I don't think Adnan Verk really had. You know, he can call highlights. He could give you analysis, but I don't think he had much work in the idea of, you know, color commentary or play-by-play as it were. So, um, yeah, it seemed like a really good fit for them. And uh, I look forward to hearing his voice as the new Color or sorry, new play-by-play for Raw. Uh, Nikki Cross was out there. Uh, Charlotte Flair was out there. We had the Miz TV stuff. We had Rhea Ripley. Essentially, it led to Nikki Cross defeating Charlotte Flair and a beat the clock challenge because Charlotte wanted to prove that she could beat Nikki Cross. And she said in a minute, but they gave her two minutes anyway. Uh, so I personally like Nikki Cross being involved with this. It's almost like the Oscar role, but it's a new face. And you can still have Asuka in there, you know, after Hell in a Cell. Uh, so, Greg, how do we feel about Nikki Cross being inserted into this, you know, Os- or Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley dilemma? I thought exactly the same thing, that uh, she's become the pendulum between Charlotte and Rhea, which was Asuka's role for, you know, the last couple months. And now it's going to be Nikki. And... I still don't like it, um, but I don't like a happy, cheery Nikki. I liked uh, crazy, off the hinges, sanity Nikki. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope there's some middle ground we can find with her because she's a lot better than what they're casting her for, even though she's getting wins, in, in air quoting wins. 
um, you know, two minute beat the clock challenges just to, um, you know, pit Charlotte and Rhea against each other through an intermediary. Um, like I said, she's just the new face. She's the, the Oscar in this situation, you know, swinging between the two of them. Um, so it's, it's different in the sense that the, uh, the person who's the pendulum is getting the wins, but, and, um, you know, conceptually it's, it's slightly different, but, um, I hope they don't continue dragging that out for the next month or whatever it is until SummerSlam comes on because it's going to get old real quick. Well, I would, I think it, I bet you're going to give Nikki Cross a title opportunity after Hell in a Cell. So whoever comes out of Charlotte and Rhea, then Nikki Cross can step up and say, Hey, you know, I beat both you women. So I, you know, like we said, I think it's a new face. We know Nikki Cross, but it's still, you know, she hasn't been in the title picture, uh, if ever, <laughs> maybe here and there, but this, this feels like, you know, you're giving her a chance to kind of go out there and do her thing. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Xavier Woods with the bro Derek. I'm kind of skipping over this cause it's just still the new day stuff. And, uh, um, Riddle and Randy Orton. I did like Randy Orton's bro, Derek. I thought it looked pretty good. I want to go next to Reginald <laughs> defeating, yes, defeating Shayna Baszler. But then Reginald was on the Alexis playground. He gets taken out. And the big deal was Shayna saying, I want to get come here next week and calling out Alexa Bliss, which nobody really has. So I think that's the bigger thing. What's going to happen in Alexa's playground with Alexa Bliss, with Lily, and with Shayna Baszler. So, Greg, unpack that for us. Well, uh, before I get there, though, I will say that the week before when uh, Riddle hit that RKO, I popped for that big yeah. time because that was definitely out of nowhere and the last thing you expect to see out of that match, which was a fantastic match with him and, and uh, Xavier. So when he hit that RKO, I was like, I really popped for that one. So, you know, now they're trading that back and forth and, you know, it is what it is, but that was awesome. Did um, you pop for bro Derek? I uh, ordered. Once I noticed what he was, what he was trying to do. Yeah. Because he still caught it in a weird way and then yeah. fix it up. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this might become a thing now. But I was also hoping that, you know, it's a way of passing, you know, sometimes the, the the guy who's known for a legendary move will pass it to a younger guy, like uh, Ric Flair did with The Miz and the figure four. And um, another example, I forgot what it was. But um, in, in that sense that, you know, this guy gives – another wrestler a seal of approval to use his finisher. I, I noticed other people who are using the, uh, the pedigree. I was trying to think of who is using the pedigree. I noticed that there's a female in impact using it right now or not impact AEW, but, um, you know, maybe those triple H gave the okay to somebody else to use the pedigree, but man, maybe this was a way for Randy to pass that on to, you know, riddle. And this becomes part of the new riddle is that, uh, in addition to using like the bro mission and the floating bro, now he has a, you know, snap finisher, like an RKO 
to add to his repertoire and that, mm-hmm. you know, add some more, you know, serious um, layer to his character. So uh, I'm hoping it goes something like that. So that was my thoughts on that. Uh, the whole thing with um, Shayna and uh, Reginald and Alexa, I've been ready for it, the whole Shayna and Reginald Naya business to be over. And I was hoping it was with the uh, title losses and it's still dragging on a little bit. So I think it's going to end up with a program with uh, Naya and Shayna, at least in a one match. But uh, I like the uh, business with Alexa uh, because I want old Shayna back. I want NXT Shayna back and not the Shayna who's been taking every L for months and months and months because she's better than that. Um, and calling out Alexa is going to, you know, we're going to finally get to see her fiendish side or Lilia's fiendish side. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to seeing what this actually manifests into ring-wise. So Shannon's still gonna take some L's, unfortunately, but um, it's gonna bring that out so we can see what we're gonna get with Alexa. So I'm excited for that. And I hope that uh, this brings some of the old evil Shana out too. So, um, you know, you don't have her face, you have her, you know, get her mean streak back and it helps both characters. Just as long as she's not biting the back of Alexa Bliss like she did to Becky Lynch <laughs> when she first came out. Right. So, because of all the places you think to bite somebody, it's obviously your back. You know, you get bit all the time in your back by a person like that. Anyways. <laughs> But yes, I, I was gonna say you know you did want Shayna to possibly pick, but I feel like Shayna's still gonna come up on the L with this. But like you said as well, I want to see what the fiendish side will be of Lily and Alexa Bliss, and I think that could bring out a fiendish side to you know Shayna trying to maybe combat it. So it, I'm interested in it, and like we said, now you have somebody stepping up to Alexa Bliss. You don't have mm-hmm. her being intimidated, so that's. That kind of gives you back into the chain of Basil that we need to see. Uh, Mason T-Bar to be a Lucha House Party. That's all we need to say about that. Because they are probably going to let Mason T-Bar be in some sort of title match for the tag team titles. Because we need tag teams in there. Uh, How about Ricochet and Humberto Carrillo. Both defeating Sheamus in single matches. I think this will be a good kickoff match. You know, just like Humberto and Sheamus last month. You know, you get Ricochet, you get Humberto, you get Sheamus. I would like to see Sheamus lose the title to one of those two, but I feel like Sheamus is going to come out on top. So, Greg, um, I'm guessing a triple threat match. Does that tickle your fancy, as it were, for like a kickoff match at Hell in a Cell? Um, you know, they've been overdoing the triple threats way too much, but um... – this one actually could be fun. And just with the dynamic that Ricochet and Humberto have established with Sheamus, uh, I think it'd be really good. And it would be one of the few triple threats that I actually look forward to watching because they haven't done anything to 
make triple threat special. Um, but this one is taking on such a different dynamic because Sheamus has been so money um, with his challenges and just, you know, he's doing the open challenges without defending the belt. And, you know, it's that has been new and fresh and it's been better than the other open challenges. Um, and is helping getting Ricochet and Humberto over. Um, when that match was, was starting, it was calling out both of them. Uh, a thought just popped up in my mind. It would be funny if both of them ended up beating him and look at look what happened. They did. Um, so it's, it's going a good direction and I think it's only going to get better with those three. They seem to be working really great together. So I'm I'm excited to see it actually, and I hope they put it on the not on the kickoff because it deserves to be on the main card. Yeah, and that and that could happen too. Now, do you think that Seamus? Oh, uh-oh, we lost you. I'm here. There you are. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, should Seamus lose it to one of these two guys yet, or should Seamus? you know, keep the title and then move on. Which direction are you leaning? I'm really pulling for Ricochet to win. Um, I don't think he'll win it at the, um, at Hell in a Cell. I think it's going to happen at a few more weeks down the road. Uh, it should happen in a one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. Um, but between Humberto and Ricochet, I'm team Ricochet. Yeah, and that's, and I still, I still think Damian Priest is a guy that's kind of under the radar that, you know, maybe could sneak into there, and I think he'd be a good U.S. title because it'd be a good next step for him. Um, so, uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke defeated Naomi, and in Lana's last official match, which we didn't know at the time, but um, no big, the Blondes win, we knew that, and they're going to probably get a title shot at some point. Cedric Alexander defeated Shelton Benjamin. We're, we're just keep this feud going because we don't know what we're going to do with Cedric next. So, But how about this? AJ Styles and Omos versus Elias and Jackson Riker. Elias walked out of the match and then had the promo about not wanting to be on the road with Jackson Riker. So I don't know. That seemed like a Jackson Riker is going to get canned pretty soon. <laughs> what do you think, Greg? Um, it's... Uh... It was, funny it was a very on him. a very shot at him, like a very and you usually don't see those type of like, you know, promos that just like I don't want to be on the road with him. <laughs> like, what? So yeah, what do you think about that whole deal? I didn't read that much into it. I thought it was just meaning that uh, he's just going back to being his narcissistic self, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, doesn't want any part of almost. Uh, but if we end up seeing uh, Riker on the uh, cut list you know, a month from now that uh, that was definitely shot fired. Um, and I thought the more logical thing is going to end up being, you know, the start of a feud with those two. And if it's going to be successful, then Riker's going to have to do what the other guys have it and, you know, change, um, his character so to uh, you know get some support 
you know, we're about to go live in front of, you know, fans very soon. And uh, nobody's going to care about this rivalry if he doesn't do something to, you know, get our interest, get our empathy. So, you know, he's been there standing there, you know, just glaring holes through the uh, camera and we get care less. So it's on him to to make it work. Otherwise, I think we will be talking about releases and his name is on it pretty soon. And that's a great point you bring up, like the idea that when we get back to crowds, you feel like everybody's going to get some sort of pop. And I don't know if Riker's going to get anything. Like Riker just is not like there's just nothing there. Um, So and he's the guy if he does get cut, I'm sure people be like, oh, I hope he blah, blah, blah. Come on. Like, I don't care where he ends up, honestly. Um, So. Finally, Drew McIntyre defeated Kofi Kingston. I know people are tired of Drew and Bobby, but we need it. We need to finish it up, and it needs to happen in the cell. We're doing a contract signing next week. Um, We've already kind of talked about it. Would I like to see Kofi in there just as a mix-up? Sure. But if, if we're all about trying to be logical, it only made sense to have Drew and Bobby go at it. Maybe you could give Kofi a title shot that next night against Bobby Lashley, and then you pay that off. So any thoughts there, Greg, on the end of the evening with Drew McIntyre winning the match against Kofi? Nope, very anticlimactic. Um, and then we all knew that Drew was going to win. Uh, they did have a good match, though. I, I liked the mm-hmm. match very much. Um, finish was – I see what they were going at, and it uh, – it probably was sounded better in the planning than in the execution, but you know, it is what it is. It got us there. And uh, I've subscribed to your, your plan of letting them uh, have it out in the cell and then co- giving Kofi the winner. And then um, we still have now, by now we're back in front of live crowds and now it's time for Brock Lesnar's music to hit. So that's what I want, and that's what I hope we're getting pretty soon. Why well, and like we said so many times, right now there's nobody for Lashley after Drew, and you just got rid of Braun, who was just in the title match what a month ago. So I mean, like I said, if you do the one-off with Kofi, then where do you go? Like I, it's gonna be really you know I, I we better get up to Canada. Back up the truck, whatever <laughs> money you cut for him, Braun, Alistair, Ruby, uh, you know, Buddy Murphy, Satan. Here you go, Brock. There's, you know, there's the money. But it, I don't know. It's you gotta you gotta think with SummerSlam, especially like in Vegas, because that's the talk. I guess they want SummerSlam in Vegas. Like you can't do Lashley and AJ or something, you know, like you gotta do something big. So yeah, and and on the other, like on SmackDown, which we're getting into, you know, it's going to be interesting to see which direction you go there too. Uh, so we'll get right into SmackDown. Roman Reigns, you know, he kind of talked up Usos better bring home the titles. So we had two matches <laughs> for the SmackDown titles, the tag team titles. We did have the first one. Rey Mysterio Dominic defeated the Usos, even though um, Jimmy Usos was literally off the ground twice. <laughs> the referee did not see it. So the end of the night, they got a rematch and tried to, you know, do it up. But there was a DQ because, you know, it's the Mysterios and Ray and all that. And Roman Reigns just went to town, which we'll get into. But first off, Greg, let's get into the 
Usos and the Mysterio family tag team titles. What do you think about the two matches with them? Well, it's um, it's what the Usos need to, you know, get back in the mix and um, put over the Mysterios even more uh, as if they need it. Uh, Ray definitely doesn't need it, but you know, give it to Dominic. You know, he needs that rub, and um, you know, Usos against anybody, I'm all for it. So, um, you know, they had a, a banging match with Street Profits last time, last week, and then, you know, this. Uh, so I'd like to see more of it, even though the uh, Ray and Dominic team isn't really, I'm not loving him. Um, and probably that's just because Dominic's still so green and some of the stuff comes off kind of awkward. But, you know, kid's going to learn and, you know, got to start somewhere. And if barely he's, uh, instead of going through college, he's starting right out in the pros. So, um, in a manner of speaking, so, um, that's to be expected, but, uh, matches are banging. And of course he had to fit into the Roman storyline. So he is going to have to get involved. And, um, but I can see it becoming a series because it's going to end up with the Usos winning the championships and, you know, so they can, you know, have the twin gold as they, as they termed it. So, um, I think it's going to be another two or three week arc before it happens. Yeah. And it's funny. I was just thinking with Dominic Mysterio, everybody talks about, you know, Charlotte Flair being Ric Flair's daughter and how she gets all this favoritism. You talk about Nia Jax, so she's the rock. Nobody says anything about Dominic. He's got to, he's been beat down by Brock. He got to wrestle Seth Rollins in his first match ever. He gets beat down by, Ro I mean, you talk about a guy who's, you know, getting a rub. <laughs> I mean, that's Dominic Mysterio. And I will bring that up about Roman Reigns. So Roman just takes out everybody because it's Roman. Are we going to see Roman and Ray at Hell in the Cell, Greg? Are like Roman <laughs> versus the Mysterio family, like you know Dominic and Ray? I don't, I don't know which direction they're going to go, but it feels like they'll probably go Dominic or Ray and Roman Reigns. But I don't want that in the cell. I think that just needs to be a one-on-one -on -one match. What are you thinking right. with with Roman and Ray possibly going at it? No, I agree with them. You know, attacking the family that definitely fuels the fire for that match to happen, but there's not enough beef behind it to put it in the cell. So, you know, there's no reason that both uh, championships need to be in the cell um, on the wrong side and outside. So this could be the, the undercard to uh, Lashley and Drew, which should close the night. Um, you know, Roman could go on second to last in a regular match against Mysterio or a match with a stipulation because I think by this point, we both know that, you know, Ray's going to get smashed unless there's some type of equalizer put into the, into the language. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, otherwise it can be a great match, but uh, it, it'll go on before Drew and Lashley. Yeah. And cause I was thinking the other hell in a cell, I mean, I've vouched all along for Seth and Seth Rollins and Cesaro, but now this is kind of the middle of the night, but Bianca Belair challenged Bailey, and you know Bailey doesn't want to answer it. So I'm going to assume we're going to get Bailey and Bianca in the cell. Do you think that's going to happen? 
the match yes the cell yeah. no okay um for the same reason as as um ray and um ray and Rollins or ray and roman because mm -hmm. uh it has there hasn't been that much beef it has been going on for long enough to warrant the cell I, um i'm at a loss thinking of which other uh, rivalry should be in the cell but i don't think it should be those two matches um bailey has been a great antagonist um but you know laughing at her and you know clowning her at every opportunity but i don't that's the reason um you know apollo has a better reason to be in the cell with um big e or you know something like that it's you know it needs to be something that's more long running and something that's more you know where they built up that angst between each other for so long that you know it would warrant the cell and that's i mean I, that's why i go to seth and cesaro i think if you had that open the night and just let them tear each other apart and then the end mm -hmm. of the night like you said it has to be Lashley and Drew in the night in the cell uh, because that just is the logical end of that. So I just didn't, I thought about it. And then I'm like, like, you, you know, you made up some valid points that doesn't have that beef that it needs to be in the cell. Probably not, but they got the cell there anyway. So you kind of think they're just going to pull the trigger on it, especially with the title on the line. So um, some other stuff on um, SmackDown, sorry. So Seth Rollins walked out of the interview because Kayla brought up Cesaro. I thought we might see Cesaro attack him there. So I guess we'll give that another week before Cesaro's back. Carmella defeated Liv Morgan. Uh, she's going now as the most beautiful woman in the world. Whatever. The the Liv Morgan thing, too, where she goes, you're like a 7, but I'm, I'm going to make you a 10 because I'm going to beat you so bad. I'm like, wait, how does that <laughs> weird? <laughs> I didn't what you know if they didn't give her a script on that then whatever but I was just like wait a minute you're uh you know and I'm trying to get I'm trying to give Liv Morgan she's lost all of her best friends in the past what six months seven months so you know I'll, I'll give her some grace because you know she's she's out on an island by herself probably right now but uh Carmelo gets a win and then King Corbin defeated Shinsuke Nakamura but Shinsuke still has the crown and Rick Boogs. When do we get Rick Boogs and Elias, Greg? I mean, is that what we want now? We need Elias on SmackDown. Like that, we, you know, Rick Boogs and him. And then Apollo Crews defeated Kevin Owens in an IC title because even though Commander Aziz could not be at ringside, he took out Biggie anyway. Or sorry, took out Kevin Owens. So yeah, I, I think we need. Kevin Owens and Aziz going at it. What do you think, Greg? I would I would sign up for that in the cell just because it escalated so quickly. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Owens is a guy that I want to see in the cage. Um, but yeah, it's not been a, a fair fight, definitely, with, with Aziz. And it's time for him to have his debut. And it would make more sense for uh, KO to call out Aziz than uh to call out apollo because mm -hmm. you know his problem is 100 percent disease 
and uh, Big E still left to uh, continue his rivalry with Big e, with uh, Apollo. Um, which both of those matches, I would sign up to see those in the cell, uh, just because they have been so violent and um, dirty. So, you know, that's what we want to see. We want to see those dirty rivalries in the cell. Um, but that would make sense. KO against Aziz and then Apollo and Big E go at it again because they haven't had a bad match together yet. And, of course, you could throw the idea if Owens beats Aziz, if he interferes at anything, then Apollo lose the title. So I think that's a good stipulation to add to it, and that will probably happen at SmackDown. Uh, I don't think it happens at Hell in a Cell. I feel like you sometimes you save these even though they should be on the card. They just don't. So um, next up, let's finish NXT. Then we'll take a small break and get into all of AEW because AEW had double or nothing. We'll give our thoughts on that. And then, of course, they had Friday Night Dynamite last night. So let's finish up with NXT. Uh, the big thing there was, so we had a triple threat match that started with Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne. Adam Cole comes in and wrecks it. Karrion Cross confronted Adam Cole about wrecking it. I thought Adam Cole was at his best on promo-wise oh, yeah. in a while. You know, I it felt like you finally saw the fire back. I think Adam Cole was kind of coasting there for a little bit. And now, you know, it's like, okay, he wants to turn it on. But so we're going to get a fatal five way, which is a mouthful. It'll be Kyle O'Reilly, John Gargano, Pete Dunn, Adam Cole, and Karrion Cross. And a lot of people are thinking Karrion Cross loses it at this to kind of move up. I don't think I see that happening yet. I think you wait till SummerSlam. Because I think you still want Karrion Cross to be built up, built up, and then lose it. So so what do you think, Greg, about this whole Fatal Five way that we're getting out at TakeOver in your house? Well, I agree with you on the Adam Cole because he was on fire. Mm -hmm. um, I was enjoying that match, the, the three-way uh, eliminator. And while that match was going on, I was thinking okay we haven't seen cole or seen adam cole since aside from those little vignettes about with the uh, sports center guy mm -hmm. um doing the uh, little interview by the pool and so i was like one way or another is just coming back around to adam cole and boom uh, a few minutes later there he comes and uh wipes out the field and so uh yeah that promo was hot fire he was feeling himself a hundred percent and it was amazing um he definitely carried that whole segment um cross still sucks is uh on the microphone just stands there and mean mugs you and um doesn't say anything new it's the same thing no matter who's standing in front of him um but adam cole was you know the adam cole we we know and love and before he got the ad to nxt i didn't know anything about him and I'm in love with the guy. So, um, but I think he's right. It just all comes back around Adam Cole, and it's going to end with him um, as a champion. The only question is: Is it going to happen in this five way? Is it going to happen uh, later? And I could see Cross losing here for the reason that he's been built up as the top guy from the moment he walked in. Uh, because remember, he came in and he immediately won the title. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, he got injured. He came back. He immediately won the title. And so you can't make him any bigger than he already is. And it's time for NXT to reset. So um, we get ready to sing cross back up, uh, put Adam Cole back on top. And then you have, you know, much needed star power on the main roster with cross coming up and his whole entrance, his whole, um, the, the steam he's built up behind him, uh, carrying over plus, you know, Adam Cole, who's back on his game to push NXT forward and have amazing matches with all those guys, Gargano and Riley and, um, whoever else comes along, um, because, you know, size-wise, it doesn't look right with with Cross. You know, he towers over these guys, and you know, it, the believability comes into question. Even though we know those guys are much better in-ring talents than they are than he is, mm-hmm. um, so I can see him losing this match. I think it's either going to be here or at uh, SummerSlam. But uh, I think it'd be better off for him to move up now than move up later. But and that's why I gave pause because, like you said, the the, the mic time. It feels like he knows what he wants to say, but it's the delivery, and he doesn't always. There's not a lot of conviction behind it, I think. And so I think you know that's why I was saying if there's a few more weeks down in NXT, keep working those mic skills. Maybe that might help. But you know, sometimes you got to sink or swim. So. If it's his time to go up, him and Scarlett, you know, we'll see what they can do. So um, some other things on NXT. So Ember Moon called out Raquel Gonzalez. Sounds like we're going to get those two going at it at um, TakeOver. But Dakota Kai actually took out Ember first. So it'll be interesting to see if they ban Dakota Kai from there. But what do you think, Greg? Ember Moon, Raquel Gonzalez, that's a pretty solid matchup for TakeOver for the women's side of things, right? That would be an awesome match. Um, it's, I say that with a reservation because I said since Ember's first run uh, down at NXT, she's lost her way. And uh, when she disappeared for a while and came back, I was hoping that her character would be better and more well defined. And uh, nothing's changed from when she went down from the main roster to when she came back, um, you know, a new catchphrase and slightly different ring attire. I don't see the, uh, the pop tabs on her gear anymore, but, um, aside from that, she hasn't stood out really. So, um, knowing what she can do from that, her first run, uh, in NXT, I hope that's what we're getting again from her. Um, Got to hold my tongue with that because I haven't seen anything that shows me that she has. I mean, the whole title run with Shotzi was kind of meh. Um, Shotzi really carried, you know, the team personality-wise and skill-wise, in my opinion, even though I know uh, Ember is better than what she's been showing. So I hope she can, you know, really bring old Ember back and give uh, Raquel a, a good match. Uh, 
she should be able to and uh but this isn't who i see beating her um on a sidebar i'm going to give you this image of uh lashley beating drew and on the next raw uh carrion's entrance comes out and that could be something that marinate for a few weeks Mm-hmm. Cross versus Lashley be pretty awesome to me. Or if you do Scarlet with the whole, um, like she brings out the hourglass, right, and you don't have right. Cross come out first, because I think that was a good way to build it up. Um, and I think you bring up a good point about Ember Moon. I don't see any charisma, like in the ring she's solid. I thought some of the stuff with you know Shotzi was good, but when she's by herself, there's just I mean. It's just like she's just out there. You know, there's not a lot of umph behind her. And I don't know if that's NXT's problem, if that's her problem, like what? Uh, I've never seen her on the indie scene, so I don't know what if that's just who she is. But it does feel like there's not a lot of, you know, meat and potatoes behind her when she talks. It's just like – and then, you know, catchphrase is the biggest deal. Like, does she have a catchphrase? Like, I don't feel like she ever adds anything. You know, she talks about the eclipse a lot. Like, I'm going to hit that, but that's her move. You know, there's no, there's nothing to her. So, well, there's no um, Ember's Law thing. She's trying to push her that. Back. Okay. That, yes, I guess that's true. Yeah. That, yeah. And that tells you everything it needs to know right there. Because if I can't, if you can't think of it, <laughs> then, then it's not a good thing. Um, but how about things we are caring about? Maybe. Jake Atlas defeated LA Knight, but we have LA Knight, Cameron Grimes fighting for the affection of Million Dollar Man. And it makes me think back, and I'm, you know, we're, you're an Attitude Era guy. This makes me think of the Terry Invitational Tourney or the Tit, as it was known back then, where we had the, <laughs> the bag of money and we had the Hardy Boys trying to fight for that bag of money. So we just need Million Dollar Man in a shark cage. Whoever gets the unlock the shark cage first gets the services of Million Dollar Man. Are you in, Greg? I mean, do you buy into that? Hey, man, my one of my we've favorite seen crazier things, things. I know, I know. One of my favorite <laughs> things from last week was the uh, Million Dollar Face Off with uh, DiBiase and Grimes, and I've already been loving that angle. And then LA Knight comes out, and I pop all over again because. I am an LA Knight fan just because like I said, I, I saw what he did in impact as Eli Drake and all that stuff was money. Um, the whole business with, you know, his little talk show that he was doing with the dummy button and nothing has changed. The catchphrases haven't changed the, um, which I'm surprised that he was able to bring all that with him and nobody told him to change it. I'm glad they didn't. And, um, you know, the guy is just magic on the mic, and I love him so much. So him and Grimes and DiBiase is a uh, witch's brew of awesomeness. And, uh, you know, I am here for all of that. So whoever wins, you know, we all win because it's going to be a great match. These two are uh, great in the ring. They're great on the microphone. And DiBiase has been just feeling himself, you know, laughing at both of them. And uh, 
I can't pick a winner because I uh, love both of them. Well, I'm, I'm going to give my little nudge to LA Knight just because of um, the ELA Drake history. And I want to see all that come back with, you know, the talk show and, um, you know, the attitude and the guy's just money. So, and pun intended. So, uh, love you, Cameron Grimes, but uh, I have to sit on the LA night side of defense for this one. Well, I'm starting to wonder maybe we just get a million dollar corporation and they end up hey. teaming together. I mean, you know, you can bring back IRS, baby, <laughs> and you know, bring back uh, Andre and all that. But yeah, um, I was I was really thinking, I'm like, watch a million dollar man just say he's going to sign Jake Atlas. Like that's right, you know, it's probably gonna be some <laughs> random guy out there. But you know, I think you bring back the million dollar belt or something like that. It there's gonna it it feels like there's they're just kind of going with it. I don't I don't think there's a long term plan. I you know not even a short term. I think it's literally week to week, and let's see what it can do. So, um, Kushida defeated Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes was somebody else's name. He was named something else. I don't know, but. Good little, you know, coming out party for Carmelo. I keep wanting to say Carmelo Anthony, but anyways, Kushida defeated him. And the way defeated Zoe Stark and Zayda Raymer. Uh, not the kiss yet, but we're getting closer to the kiss, I'm sure. And then finally, the tag team champions, MSK, defeated Legado de Fantasma. The big story there was Escobar came out and um, Bronson Reed came out. So I wonder if we might do all titles on the line and do a six-person tag at TakeOver. And then, you know, you write off Legato de Fantasma. You write off Escobar. Because we, you know, we keep harping on it. They're going to get called up sooner rather than later. I just don't think they're the most ready. They're the most needed right now, I think, too, on Raw. So, yeah. uh, Greg, would you be okay with the titles – all titles on the line, six-person match. I know we normally like one-on-one, -on -one, but with these guys all being intermingled, it just makes sense. Yeah, for the for the purpose of getting Legato up to the main roster, yeah. Uh, usually, no, but in this case, definitely. Uh, and there's plenty of tag teams to vie for it with Grizzly Young Veterans and Tommaso and um, Thatcher yeah. and, um, and MSK and there's a glut of teams down there and uh, Legato had their, had their reign. So it's time for, to move them up and out of the mix and let, you know, the, uh, the new guys uh, go at it. So yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. So that was NXT. Like I said, it, it was a pretty good show and uh, let's take a quick break, collect all of our thoughts so we can get all your AW news. And then we'll call it a day. But uh, we got a lot of AW stuff to talk up. So we'll do the quick break for some realty talk with your rock star realtor, Sean Nugent. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering if you're ready to buy or sell that home. Now's the time. And I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. 
All right, and we are back, ready to rock and roll all about AEW. We're going to give this whole kind of last half of our show because AEW had double or nothing. Then we had Friday Night Sm- oh, Friday Night Dynamite. Almost said SmackDown <laughs> there, but we, we were busy last night. Full disclosure, I made it to about almost the end of Dynamite, and then I fell asleep. So I did see the results, so I can at least get my thoughts on that. But anyways, so double or nothing, Greg, it was great to see crowds back. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It, it added a ton to the to the preview, and uh, it made it more a lot more enjoyable for me. Even though the matches were fantastic, that that crowd reaction and seeing that pop and hearing those pops is it uh, makes the whole thing more memorable, more special. And so, uh, hopefully, it, it stays this way now. And the and the setup was different for the crowd where they had that hard camera. They had a crowd kind of behind there. And the announce table was still off to the side. So you felt like, and then they had an entrance way. It was just one, you know, normally they had the two entrances. Now they just have all the ones. So I thought, you know, the crowd added so much more to it. Um, Serena Deeb defeated Rio by submission. I thought Serena played up more of a heelish role in this match. Uh, any thoughts on the kind of this kickoff match, Greg? Did you get a catch, can't catch it? <laughs> Chance to catch it is what I was trying to say. Uh, but Serena Deep seemed more of the heelish side in this match against Rio. No, I didn't get to see the kickoff show. I, I was I uh, predicted Rio to win um, in that match, but I didn't get to see it. So um, I was wondering about that match. <laughs> so it was a bad. You know, it was a, it was it was a good kickoff show. And like I said, I think Serena was kind of doing a little more tactics to kind of get the crowd against her, but. Uh, how about Hangman Page defeated Brian Cage by pinfall? I thought a solid match. I keep saying, you got to give me Hangman Page and um, Kenny Omega at all out. And I think that should be Page's coming out party. Uh, so any thoughts on that first match there, Greg? Yeah, Cage and, and Hangman had a great match. Uh, great match to start the night. Uh, got the crowd worked up. and them getting started so soon uh you know straight out the box with this match it just made the match uh look better too um but cage was awesome and um you know loved the match itself so you know the right guy won you know got everybody wound up and he definitely carried through the rest of the night so uh great first match great win by Heyman. Uh, the Young Bucks defeated uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston by pinfall. We had Brandon Cutler out there doing his shenanigans. This looks like this was the write-off for Moxley, so he's going to go off and be a dad for a little bit. I still cannot believe he's going to be a dad. That just blows my mind. Like, if you had a betting odds on who you think would be pregnant, Renee Young was on my low end of the spectrum. I'll just say that right now. Um, any thoughts on this match for you, Greg? I really thought, real quick, sorry. I thought Moxley and Kingston should have, like, if it, it kept feeling like just give them the win, even if you strip the titles off them and then write off Moxley. But, you know, it felt like they should have won this match. Um, I expected the Bucks to win, so I, I wasn't uh, holding out hope that they would because I saw I see Kingston is in the weight link. Um, mm-hmm. And was they kind of, you know, do that back in my face by pitting Moxley? But 
you know, the regular young bucks underhanded tactics, but that's what we want. If they're going to be heels, be heels. And that's what they did. Um, got the, it was a great match, uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of great spots. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, if Moxley's going to get written out, you know, doing him, that would be the way he would want to go out, like being getting obliterated by what four BT triggers in a row and, you know, make it make sense. So, you know, now he's out indefinitely using air quotes and, you know, he'll be back and he'll have a new, you know, child to fight for. So, you know, shout out to, to Mox, but um, love the match and, you know, it, Storyline wise, it makes the most sense. And somebody brought this up on Twitter, and I hadn't even thought about it. But the Young Bucks, they said they're channeling, channeling, you know, they were the person's opinion, the early days of DX. And now that I see that, I can kind of get behind the Bucks' heels. Do you see a little bit of that early DX, like Shawn Michaels and Triple H, like vibes with the Young Bucks, Greg? Uh, no, and but that's probably because nobody's mentioned it in that way. Um, you know, the loud, obnoxious, and uh, just so over the top with it that you know, thinking about those earlier DX, that it's possible. I have to see some more of it, but because they're really just turning a page with you know, going over the top heel. Um, you know, the gear changes and, you know, the how many thousand dollar shoes and, mm. you know, the young boys and all that stuff. So um, applying that, maybe let's see some more of it. And then but it, it makes sense that they're using that as a as an onus to something to go off of. I mean, because let's face it, they already took suck it in the the crotch chops, so why not try to channel, you know, Triple H's early days and Shawn Michaels? But uh, yeah, I thought that I it was just somebody's, you know, tweet, and I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of bought into it because I was like, you know, I kept saying I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to channel, and I couldn't figure it out. So uh, Jungle Boy won the Casino Battle Royale. He beat Christian Cage. You know, we all I all thought we all thought. Sorry, I thought. Christian Cage was going to win it, and of course he was right there. I felt the surprise of Leo Rush. That was kind of cool to see, though. I did not have Leo Rush on my bingo card for, you know, the the Joker card, and uh, he did resign with New Japan. But if New Japan has a relationship with AEW, maybe we see more of Leo Rush. But I thought that was kind of cool to see Leo Rush. Like that felt like a legit surprise name to see there in the Joker slot. So. Uh, any thoughts on the Casino Battle Royale there, Greg? Yeah, for those of us who are the people who are listening and following the show, you saw that in my predictions, I predicted Jungle Boy winning. So I was happy I got that pick right. Um, Leo Rush was definitely a surprise. Nobody thought about his name when thinking uh, about that Joker spot. I was, uh, you mentioned the big show getting up from the announce table and walking into the ring. So I half expected that or, you know, some of the recent WWE releases, but yeah, nobody saw Leo rush coming and he was awesome for that. Uh, what four and a half, five minutes that he was in the ring and all the moves he was doing, 
you know, quicker than a hiccup like they are used to like to say. And uh, the guy looks fantastic. His moves look phenomenal. And so uh, I'm curious to see if he's going to end up being, uh, you know, spending time with New Japan and AEW or this was just a one-off because I loved the guy when he was down in uh, NXT and he was killing it. But uh, so I'm a fan of the guy. And uh, you see what's going to happen with him. But uh, the Battle Royal was the Battle Royal. But uh, the right guy won. Uh, and, you know, more Leo Rush, please. Because that guy is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say I don't even remember anything about the Battle Royale other than Jungle Boy winning, you know, towards the end. Um, you know, it just seemed like it was his time. And he'll get... I think they said it three weeks. So I think they're going to do it at Saturday night, Dynamite. So that'll be June 26th is when we're going to get Jungle Boy and um, Kenny Omega going for the title. So let's get into it. Cody Rhodes defeated. That's right. <laughs> Cody Rhodes defeated Anthony Ogogo by pinfall. This was the wrong call. I'm sorry. Like I love Cody Rhodes, but this and it was a short match. Too. It was like you know it says in Wikipedia it was an 11 minute match. It felt like it was even shorter, honestly. But I don't get the idea of Cody Rhodes going over. I get it's Memorial Day weekend. I get that he cut the promo, but would it have hurt Cody to lose that night to Anthony Gogo? And I just I I don't understand this result at all. And after last night's results, I still don't get it. Like this this feud with the Nightmare Family and the Factory is just like man, it's gone to crap. Like it's it is just it's it's the coldest feud we've ever, you know. AW is all about hot stuff. This is like the coldest of cold. <laughs> it is outcast hazia, colder than cold feud right now because there's just <laughs> nothing there and i hate being that negative because you know we're we're pretty positive we try to give a good spin on stuff but i can't give any positives on this right now so greg uh help me out of the darkness is there anything we can take away good from cody Rhodes beating <laughs> anthony ogogo mm, no um okay there you go <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe there's like okay Duck or uh, Cody's going to go over in this one and you'll get it back on TV. But that's not what you want. You want, you know, your your new star that you're grooming, the Olympic champion, to, you know, go over on the big stage. And just because Cody's using his father's nickname for one night is not a legitimate reason to give him the win. Um, the match was, you know, lackluster. Um, you know, after putting the guy down with, you know, his famous bolo punch and um, then using the fact that uh, he has a rib injury coming in because he trained too hard as an excuse for him to get the win or, you know, take the loss is is kind of just weak booking. You know, Ogogo definitely should have won the match. And you know, gone over strong. You know, Cody can can take it. He's pretty much Teflon at this point. Mm -hmm. But um, 
so it was definitely the wrong call with him uh, getting the win. Um, it had a very Rocky Four vibe with uh, Cody's ring gear and the American Dream, and you know, then the foreign, the foreigner as the challenger. Um, those are my first thoughts when I when I saw that match coming or getting started. But then Cody, and he doesn't even have anything tributed to Dusty, like no polka dots, like nothing. Like I, because somebody screen capped it. It was more of Sting, uh, like Great American Bash era type outfit. So I'm like, well, what, what was the point of even using your dad's name? You know, give me some polka dots on your boots or something. Like, you know, Tommy Dreamer did a better tribute to uh, the American Dream when American Dream passed away. Tommy Dreamer had the the gear that was polka dot, you know, and then a Bailey Bailey had the elbow pads that were polka dot for a little bit. So, you know, it was just, I don't know it. And then it's funny to think like, like you said, if it's Rocky four, well, do we need an English person, like a British person to be the evil foreigner? Like, I don't think of the Brit, you know, I don't think of England as this, Oh no, I don't, you know, like Russia. Yeah. Because Russia is a crap country. Like there, there's a lot of shit going there or North Korea. Like you get some Korean, North Korean guy in there, but it's like a British guy. Like, do we need that as our, our evil villain. I don't think so. But um, speaking of Russians, Miro won against Lance Archer. Uh, I don't really, I can't even remember this match. So I don't really have any thoughts on it. Did you have any thoughts on this match? Does it kind of help the people out, Greg? No, it, it was a decent match, but it really didn't, you know, put either one of them over big. It was just, you know, a brawl that was about 15 minutes too long. It almost felt like this, uh, the matches that we cared about were the matches that we cared, you know, like the next one, Britt Baker, obviously need that. I had some trepidation there at the end, like, oh, she's just going to lose. But the right, you know, we keep talking about the right call. There was never a hotter moment to put the title on. And Britt Baker, and it was funny because everybody was cheering for her, even though she's the yeah. heel. But I think so many people have gotten behind her. Um and you know, Britt Baker got the win. How about this match for you, Greg? Any any idea? Any thoughts on here? Yeah, great match. Um, and I was, you know, surprised by the pop she got when she came out because my my I had my surround sound on and it went to eleven. It was so <laughs> loud, and I was blast like, out the speakers. Yeah, very impressed. And of course, the next week she has come out on TV and and diss on the crowd to get them to hate her like they're supposed to. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, great match and you know definitely the right decision to put the belt on her because she's going to bring that heat when she comes out. And as much as we love Sheeta, she can't do that. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if she can't or she won't because I know she can speak English. But she can't put down a fire promo. She just stands there and smiles, and you know, her, her ring work does her talking, which is really good. But you know, half the um, half the goal is to get these matches across before they happen, and you got to do that, you know, on the mic. And she doesn't do that. And Britt Baker is going to make whoever she's working with smoking hot because. Um, she is going to diss on them on a uh, rap beef level, 
and it's going to make you want to see it. So she's one of the best in the game at that. So um, very impressed with that match. It was a kick-ass match, and the right person won. So no complaints from me. That Yeah, that was the biggest – like we said, that was the biggest, easiest – best decision that aw's made uh darby allen and sting defeated the men of the year i didn't know that's what they were calling themselves but that's what it says in wikipedia terms so they are called the men of the year ethan page scorpio sky we'll get more to that with dynamite i want to kind of tackle you know where that might head next kenny omega defeated orange Cassidy and pack pop pack which was a really strong match i thought at some point it did feel like any one of those three guys could have won um, really strong, you know, match between all three. So, but let's get into it. The inner circle defeated the pinnacle, uh, by pinfall, Sammy Guevara pins Sean Spears in the middle of the ring. So who would have thought this would end up in the, in the actual stadium or sorry, in Daly's place. So it went back to Daly's place. There were some good shots. I love the shot of, um, MJF channeling Raven or Tommy dreamer, you know, off, like an old ECW style. Uh, you had, you know, the the weird vin- videos of like Sean Spears in the chair area that he was in. You had uh, Jake Hager, Wardlow fighting it in the freezer with the, the weird looking pigs, the most fake looking <laughs> pigs I've ever seen. Um, you, you know, you had the beginning with the stretch limo. You had the repelling down to stadium. You had the old FTR truck. I mean, everything just clicked here. A fun match. And, you know, Sammy Guevara getting the win for his team after, you know, surrendering, I thought was the good call. And we'll break down more what these guys could go. But, Greg, kind of give us your lasting thoughts on um, the inner circle defeating the pinnacle and, you know, double or nothing there at the end. Yeah. Um... It, it was a perfect match to, to end the night. Um, these guys really brought it. And it was a smart thing to do to take uh, cameraman and send them with everybody because the way they interweaved everybody's uh, little personal uh, vendettas was really well done. Um, I was really impressed with that. And it was like kind of watching the mini movie uh, happening in real time. Um, so really good on, on that point. Um, I say I want to, want it to be more, more gritty and more violent, mm-hmm. but when you think about it, it was pretty violent, uh, anyway. Um, and it is a way to bring it full circle with Sammy. Um, I liked it that he's the one who got the pin. Uh, not from the sense that he's the one who surrendered blood and guts, but um, when I look at Sammy, he is, uh, in my opinion, like the Tully to Jericho's flair. Um, as a single or as a tag team wrestler, he is excellent, and he is probably the most talented out of the rest of the bunch. And he's the guy who would replace the guy once, um, you know, Jericho leaves uh, because he is that good. Um, and the, the, they added some really 
uh, interesting spots in there. Love this spot of him going through Urban Meyer's office. Uh, that was hilarious. The uh, that else? coach was throwing some real heat too, wasn't he, to those footballs to Jericho? <laughs> like the yeah, the, um, I, the, he was like rear back. I'm like, he dude, he's right there. Jericho's got the bad elbow. Don't like. And then Urban Meyer just going, holy shit. <laughs> like, I was like, right. So there, there were moments that it got hokey. But like you said, when it picked up, I thought once they made it back to Dio's place, that scene when, and that was the thing too. The crowd wasn't, I the crowd, I think just, they were just watching it. So I don't think they knew how to react because if you're just watching on the screen, you know, it's hard to have that energy. So until it got back into Dio's place, I felt like it didn't pick up the steam as it needed to. Does that make? Does that kind of where you think it went? Yeah, it, it you could definitely tell the energy definitely uh, went back up once they came back into the to the arena. Um, mm. But I do want to shout out to the nightclub scene and uh, going oh. in on the wheels of steel. That was so great. That thing was. I love that so. That much. was so weird. That was, that was the only time we that. saw those guys, wasn't it? I felt like we really didn't even see them that much after that. Like that was kind of their own, you know. I was, yeah, and like you said, I we saw them. I would have liked to yeah. see everybody in the ring at the end, you know, fighting against each other. And then if you give, you know, Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears kind of the last, that's fine. But you know, it was funny how everybody had their moments of shine. Uh, apparently, Jericho was heavily involved with it. And, you know, he has the movie experience. So I kind of wonder if that's why it felt more like, it almost felt more like the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the tombstone brawl thing with Undertaker and AJ Styles. It almost right. felt more like that, the boneyard, because like you said, there was a lot of camera stuff. I mean, the Sean Spears stuff felt like all video, you know, all magic of camera work where he was just like pounding on the chair and all that. But, um, you know, once it got back to the ring and the crowd was there, I thought it really picked up. So last night we had AW Dynamite. We had the Young Bucks defeated Death Triangle. Uh, Brandon Cutler got involved and took out, um, was it Pac? Pac was on the ring. He used his camera. Eddie Kingston comes out there, Frankie Kazarian. So we have everybody kind of involved there. Uh, any thoughts on that opening match, Greg? Uh, uh, no, uh, well, it's what you expect. Um, a great match uh, marred by outside interference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, I'm was there too much shenanigans? Yeah, there was. This match should be allowed to stand on its own because with these four, um, it could have been a five star match. Um, all of them are that good, and mm-hmm. um, we know the credentials of. Back and the Bucks and you know Penta too. Even though we haven't got to see him much as a single, but you know if you're still following your Lucha Underground, you know how he can carry an organization. So mm-hmm. um, you know he he can bring it when he's given the opportunity. So um, these four left on their own, it could have been a five star match easy, but with all the outside nonsense with you know the young boys and Cutler and Callis. Uh, it kind of ruined it for me, but and then you had Kazarian you know. taking out the Good Brothers, so it, yeah, there was a lot of shenanigans happening there. Um, Mark Henry talked, which he talked about possibly getting back in the ring. 
I'm just going to say it. I don't think he needs to get back in the ring. I don't care to see him back in the ring. Him and Big Show, just sit on the money, do the announcing thing, yep. help the back, and that's it. But then Vicky Guerrero comes out there. They And that's a, I always think this is a downfall by the AEW. They don't let things breathe. Because you had Mark Henry talk, and then you have Vicky Guerrero, and he had no music, which was weird. He just comes out. Then you have Vicky Guerrero come out and, you know, say – whatever she said, excuse me, 5,000 times. Then she says, I'm bringing Andrade El Indio coming. And then she stops, and there's like a, there's like a, it felt like forever. And then she starts laughing. So I thought, oh, well, she's just teasing him coming. And then he comes out to no music, no graphic. Um, and he cuts a promo, which I, everybody was praising it. I thought it fell flat. I, I just thought, you know, he, he says the same, like, you know, I hate saying, People say the same stuff, but he said he's going to be the face of AEW. And then that's it. And that's that's his – and it felt like the crowd didn't know how to react because they gave him the little pop at the beginning. But then, you know, with Vicky there and with him, I don't know, that pairing, I got to see it more. But how did you – what did you think about Andrade popping up in uh, AEW, Greg? Were you – do you think – what do you what were your feelings on it? Yeah, I'm. I'm not surprised. And with Vicky bringing him out, it makes sense the Latino connection. Um, but that promo sucked. Um, he didn't yeah. really say anything. Um, I was the. He, he comes up the face of the Latinos, and then, and I can be the face of Impact or the face of AEW. Okay, and you know everybody wants to be a face of AEW. So, um, and and that's where the segment ended. So it's like it's, it's kind of a a waste. It would have been better for him to just come out, stand on the stage, let the crowd pop, and then he walks back away. And then, yeah, he doesn't um, say anything. Yeah, because that's what happened at the beginning. And for the first, you know, thirty seconds, it was hot because people were realizing who he was. And you know, he takes the shades off. And go, yep, that's him. There's Andrade. So. You know, I had that moment. I was like, we knew it was coming, but we didn't know when. And, um, yeah, so that part was good. And they started talking, and then we lost interest. So um, when we see him in the ring, he'll, you know, get that back. But, you know, he kind of shot himself in the foot on that one. Well, and then it feels kind of like minor league if you have no music ready for him. You have no entrance, like, graphic for him. You had no entrance graphic for Mark Henry. You had no music. Like it just felt two segments back. Like there, those segments shouldn't have been back to back either. Maybe that yeah. was my bigger problem. Like you, you know, sometimes we got to let things breathe. You know, put this later in the night, or you know, it just I don't know. It was a weird back to back segment. Um, then we get to sorry. Go ahead. No, and, and it's like what was the point of her interrupting? Yes, uh, Mark Henry. And they have their awkward moment right there. They're just kind of looking at each other, and she's excusing them over and over, and they're just kind of looking at her. There could have been a moment there and, you know, an exchange, but there wasn't. So there's another opportunity missed. And then the uh, Tony and Mark Henry gets uh, kind of emasculated when they're trying to build him up. So, you know, that whole segment was, was trash. It's almost like they didn't know she was going to come out. And that's what, you know, I feel like that's what AEW the last few weeks, it felt like there's this weird, I don't know, 
ebb and flow to it. There's like no, it's just like here, we're just going to throw everything out there and whatever, whatever it is, it is. But um, speaking of the wrong person winning, we have Anthony Ogogo, QT Marshall, defeating Cody Rhodes and big shoddy Lee Johnson. But QT freaking Marshall gets the win because Anthony Gogo punches Cody Rhodes. So he lands a punch here and he could knock him out, but he couldn't beat him on Sunday night. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, this whole factory nightmare stuff, like they gave up on the nightmare collective with Brandy Rhodes right away. They might need to hot shot this into something really quick and just be like, we effed up, <laughs> you know, that this just, I did not get QT Marshall beating Cody Rhodes because doesn't that should upset Anthony Ogogo because he couldn't beat Cody Rhodes, but you're telling me QT Marshall can. So, and when Anthony Ogogo lands the Mark Henry, you know, weapon of mass destruction punch to him to take him out. So, yeah, we got to do something with this because I people, you know, the crowd wasn't as hot last night anyway. And this didn't help matters as well. So, Greg, uh, I'll let you unpack this as well because I gave my two cents and more. Yeah, they, they did it wrong. The wrong guys won on the wrong night. So, uh, yes. it should have been a go-go on Sunday and then uh, Cody. Cody on Friday. It would have yep. made a lot more sense and you know, on both shows. And so, I'm with you. I wish they would just – kill this whole this whole storyline because nobody cares nobody is buying qt marshall as being any good and the uh factory guys let them succeed on their own you know a go-go and um the other guys whose names i still don't come off the top of mind because they're not getting aaron and nick spotlight <laughs> right <laughs> Aaron and Nick will just say their spotlights. Yeah, they need to be able to shine on their own and make their own name. And this is a problem. It's all about QT and Cody. And the others need to um, get some separation from them if they're going to get any, um, you know, any backing of their own. So I get the whole, um, the whole affiliation with, you know, either side, but. You know, the whole thing is falling flat, and I don't think anybody's even watching the match. Nobody's really popping for it. So um, this was the wrong rivalry. They should have stuck with Penta and Cody because that was making sense. And the whole thing with Penta and the announcer and, you know, the, the jabbing there was, was working. And so I don't know why they would leave that to go to this nonsense. Because so, you could write off Cody Rhodes with a broken arm or, you know, you could right. have had him get his arm broken or some sort of, you know, whatever he was going to do. Because um, you got to think Brandy's probably going to pop pretty soon. So I'd imagine yeah. Cody's going to take some time off. I mean, he might, who knows? He might just take a day off and be like, okay, I got to go back to work. Like, who knows at this rate? Because um, <laughs> we got to do, we got to do something with this feud. And we just, I don't know. Um, so the inner circle came out for uh, their victory lap, as they called it. So let's say we had Santana and Ortiz called FTR, so we'll get them in a match. We have 
Wardlow and Jake Hager in an MMA style cage match in two weeks. And then we have MJF and Chris Jericho going in a match. I mean, I guess that leaves Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears for whatever, but you know, people have said this is going on too long, but it's not. I mean, each team has won one match. So we need that rubber match somehow. Now I'm surprised that they're breaking it apart so much. I don't necessarily like that idea. I feel like you should have done that after the feud or something, but so I'm wondering what will the rubber, you know, and the way Jericho was talking off, I wonder if he's going to kind of write himself off soon, especially if Fosse is going to go on tour in the fall. You know, he might need that time off. So um, I still think ultimately we should do Sammy Guevara and um, MJF. That's That should be the match because those are the two guys that, you know, everybody's behind. But um, so, Greg, what do you think about all this offshooting of the feud? Is it going to come back to inner circle and the um, pinnacle going one more time to finally finish everything off? It will, but not till late this year. This thing is going to drag out for a while because mm-hmm. it's too new to kill it right now. And there's so many interesting, you know, matchups to be had um, aside from them divvying themselves up and, you know, Sean and Sammy and then uh, Hager and Wardlow and uh, Santana Ortiz against FTR. It's uh, there's all the combo matches and all those things like that. Uh, But I think what would be fun would be to do like a special edition centered around uh, the whole thing where you have that set of matches. Mm. Like say they wanted that MMA fight to be in two weeks or three weeks um, to set the whole night around that. And another match would be uh, Sammy and Sean Spears. Another match would be the tight team match. And the theme of the whole night is the pinnacle versus the, um, I guess the inner circle. And, you know, call it something like keeping score or something like that. And, yeah, maybe you fill in with a couple um, women's matches or, um, you know, a couple segments and video packages, things like that. But you can structure a whole night around this rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not a pay-per-view, but, you know, a random Wednesday night and just make it the centerpiece. Um, I can see you doing that, but there won't be a whole blow off to this rivalry until late this year i don't think if if that because there's too much um there's too much too many mileage to be taken out of it uh, before you write it off so many moving parts so almost like a so you're like you wanted like maybe like the blood and guts where that last hour was dedicated to blood and guts but the night was set around i like that idea and i don't i wonder if they're waiting till after the playoffs so they could give it a wednesday night you know because you know, like we said, they're on for Friday night. They're on Friday night. Then one week they got to be on Saturday night. So it's almost like you got to wait till the playoffs are done just so you can get in that rhythm of where it's at. So um, Jungle Boy and Cage defeat a private party. Christian Cage defeat a private party. Uh, another segment that was interesting was Darby Allen and Sting. You had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky saying, well, Darby, the only reason where you're winning is because you keep picking Sting. So they want a tag team match. 
against Darby Allen with somebody other than Sting. Any thoughts on Greg on who that could be? Because I have no idea who I want that to be or who it should be. Well, it's a weak premise. You're saying that you, you guys can't take this 60-year-old guy right now. Um, iconic as he is, he's the reason that he's winning. Um, so that's pretty weak in my in my opinion. But um, I don't see who he would draw as a partner unless he goes outside and maybe pulls somebody you know, this would be a perfect spot to bring in another free agent. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe go back and see who was released in Andrade's group. And, you know, maybe it's time for a new guy. So it'd be a perfect point to debut somebody. And, uh, you know, they need it. They need to um, be reshuffling that constantly and bringing mm-hmm. in new talents. So I think... Um, because everybody else seems to be loosely or otherwise tied in with somebody else. So um, I can't think of who we haven't seen for a while. So it makes sense that this would be a good spot to debut another talent. That's a, Yeah, that's a good point you bring up. Because like you said, everybody's kind of tied. Unless you get Brian Cage who splits from Team Taz, but that seems like a force to try to put him with Darby. Uh, And I guess it'd probably be too much if Darby beat Ethan and Scorpio on his own. Would that be too much of a, a, you know, like Darby's like, I just want to do it on my own. Or would that be too much for him? It would because, you know, Scorpio and his, uh, he'll put Darby down just by himself. So, you know, it, it takes away from the believability because, they they wiped him out just a few weeks ago. So to think he's going to do it by himself makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I think your idea is some, it's got to be somebody from the outside. And I don't know who that is because Andrade was released on his own. And then I felt like we had to cut maybe a month later, but like that, probably the Samoa Joe grouping. Cause remember there was that big group of Samoa Joe. I think yeah. it was Mojo Raleigh. And the iconics, um, Alexander Wolf, the iconics, because um, Samoa Joe, yeah, they need to put him at all out. Like in Chicago, that that would that's a wrestling town. I mean, what bigger yeah. pop is he going to get? So I'm fine with Samoa Joe just waiting it out. You know, don't rush things and come out in Chicago, <laughs> come out to the uh, cult of personality just to really screw with people. <laughs> but um, yeah. Also, we did see Dr. Britt Baker's champion celebration. It was a toast of burgers. She legit got 1,500 coupons to McDonald's. Um, that was like that was a legit thing that happened because she put it on her Twitter. So there you go. And Niall Rose decided to crash the party. So we're going to get Britt Baker, Niall Rose. And <laughs> I guess for her first feud... You know she's probably, she's got to win their first feud, so why not have it Niall Rose? But uh, yeah, any thoughts on the Britt Baker's Big Mac celebration, Greg? <laughs> yeah, it it looked like a pretty shabby ce- celebration. I mean, come on now, those are the best burgers you can get. But uh, you know McDonald's, you know fifteen hundred uh, coupons, so 
what it cost you like two thousand bucks. So it's uh, it makes they're not it makes hurting. It, yeah, it was it was the whole purpose of you know getting to diss on the audience, saying look what I got you, and then just yank it out from you like Lucy pulling away the football. It's like oh no, you didn't. Yeah, I got it. So you know that's the whole point of that. But and now they're going heel versus heel with uh, Britt and Nyla. And um, Britt's already beaten Nyla. Um, no, I, I think this is actually no Nyla the, beat her because Nyla beat her. Yeah, yeah. In the so, uh, the tournament, right? So, so that is that's Britt's one lost. So now she gets to avenge that. So I got it, but um, yeah, this is a good way to get her on the winning track and on the road to some more higher profile rivalries. But um, to my earlier point, now she can talk it up and about getting this win back and uh, Nala's gonna come out and bark at her and it's gonna make it hotter. So um, I like it. And if you think right now, I mean, Britt is so much higher, like she's on another level right now than most of the women. Like I almost feel like we'll have to revisit the Thunder Rosa stuff because technically that wasn't a loss either for her since it was unsanctioned. So I kind of wonder if we'll revisit that too. So uh, Red Velvet defeated the Bunny. I still, Red Velvet still doesn't do anything for me. Does she do anything for you, Greg, in the ring yet? No. She's just another woman with a strange name. And she was uh, with, and just trying like, to get over. And she was with the Cody, with Cody Rhodes. Now, granted, Brandy, Brandy had a reason not to be in that. Like Brandy Rhodes would have been in that match, so it's almost like you know Red Velvet got pushed in there because they just had to find somebody. But um, yeah, and the Bunny, I, I've heard she was pretty good in Impact, but I have not really seen much from her that really gives me any like, hey, you're really good <laughs> in AW right now. So yeah. um, she was the anti Lana because uh, when okay. she first uh, started, she was, if you remember, um, oh, the couple that was married, Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis. She came oh, as the, okay. um, the assistant to Maria Canellis, and she was bumbling and goofy and nerdy. And that was how she was introed. And she's, um, her name was Allie. And That's right. Okay. She eventually evolved as a wrestler, and now she's Bunny, and she can actually legitimately go. So, um, it's what should have happened with Lana, but didn't. So that was, mm -hmm. you know, Allie was the right way to do it. Lana was how it should have been done, but it was done the wrong way. And then finally, so it is the year 2021. We have Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Reynolds, in a main event match on TV. And it's 2021. And he wins. <laughs> he defeated um, Nick Camaroto, uh, or uh, Ogre, as I like to call him. Uh, <laughs> but we got Dustin I like I said, this whole nightmare family, it, it just feels like dynamite right now is on. There's like, I know that you know, all the the talking heads are saying there's nothing going on behind the scenes. 
I don't know. It feels like there is because it feels like you got all the Cody Rhodes stuff. You have all the Kenny Omega stuff and then you have the Young Buck stuff. It does feel like there's a it doesn't feel like there's the cohesion. I think that there was at the beginning. Is that do you see that anyway? Do you see that as well, Greg, or am I just trying to draw too much from it? Yeah, if each um, EVP is, you know, has control over like their division, like the Bucks and the tag teams, and um, Cody and his little scenario, and if it's divided up like that, then um, there must be some division behind the scenes because none of it is tying it together, none of it makes sense, and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Um, and creatively, it's just a bump, bunch of jumbled stories. Um, so I don't know how the, the backstage, the backstage stuff is working, but I know the, the in-ring, um, I know they pitched it during the lead up to the main event that Dustin had never lost the bull rope match, but Dustin's been washed up for a while. Um. I think he should have stopped when he and Cody had their match when AEW first started. Um, best match I've ever seen Cody, and that's going all the way back to his um, WCW days. And, um, you know, this would be the time where he's helping get the young bucks over. Not the young bucks, but, you know, the young kids on the roster. Mm-hmm. who are on their way up instead of Dustin, who's put into retirement already and should have both of them there. Um, no, he shouldn't be beaten, you know, ogre, as you put him. Um, <laughs> we need to be getting ogre over. Um, so, yeah. And how many bull rope matches has Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Rhodes even been in? Like, there was one, I think there was one in WCW, I don't recall any in WWF, WWE time. So what, you know, it just, it's a weird, like who had Dustin Reynolds main eventing AW Dynamite on their bingo card, as I like to, I was <laughs> like to throw out. Cause if you did give me the lottery numbers right now, because that, yeah, it, like I said, I fell asleep during it. I'll just full disclosure. And then, so I'm reacting right now to it. And uh, yeah, that tells you all you need to know right there. But so they had a lot. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. There doesn't feel the, like you said, the flow. It feels like this, you know, none of the storylines are connecting, which doesn't have to, but at the same time, it feels like this, this, and this, and then this, this, and it does, I don't know. There's just not the cohesion that first started. And even the crowd wasn't as hot last night. And granted they did. I mean, there wasn't a lot to get hot for. If you think, you know, you had the right. main, uh, the starting match, and you had Andrade there. Um, you know, I don't know these these random. And I think it is because you know we were so used to Wednesday night dynamite, Wednesday night dynamite. Now it's like, oh well, we got to be on Friday. We got to be on Friday. We got to be on Saturday. So maybe we just got to get through the summer, and you know, get through all, get to August, and then they'll be back in that good cohesion. Because you know, like we said, going to all out. In Chicago, you gotta put your, you know. I think if you want to put your best foot forward, that's time to do it. You know. So, um, any other thoughts on AW right now, Greg? For you or Double or Nothing or last night's show? 
Yeah, they can they can ease up on the victory laps. Uh, I think we had like a three victory parties. Uh, you know, yeah, and, well, there was a lot and, of talking segments. Right, and that's that's time we could be given to these young guys to, you know, build their brand. And you know, as much as I love to hear a you know a, a good talk segment, you know, too many is still too many, and uh, you know, we rather have you know, the action and let them cut the promo at the end of a match. But um, so these guys are kind of wasting uh, airtime. But, you know, we're we're on the cusp of, you know, being back in front of, you know, the fans full time and, you know, not these little houses, the big houses. So um, maybe they're just kind of twiddling their thumbs and using this as, you know, build up to, you know, getting back on the road and um, having full houses. Um, so I'm going to give them a pass for now. But uh, if it keeps up after, you know, they go really live outside of Florida, then um, they're going to have much harsher words for them. Yeah, that's all, that's all I wonder. Like you said, is it a holding pattern? until you get back with fans and see how people are reacting to play, you know, people, you know, how are fans reacted to these characters to go which way? Cause right now, you know, everybody, I feel like at AW, everybody gets a good pop. You know, it doesn't, there's not much gray area between the heels and the faces at times, you know, especially like Britt Baker, who people want to cheer for, but um, there was just a lot of talking segments. I thought, and back, like we said, back to back, I even think the Darby Allen and eat the page stuff was like back, with the Brett Baker stuff. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> they did, you know, you don't let things breathe. So uh, hopefully we'll get to that, but thank you for watching. Uh, Greg, any final thoughts on your sons? Wait, we don't know who they're playing yet. Do we? We do. They're playing Denver on Monday. Okay. So the road gets tougher because, you know, instead of, you know, a couple aging injured stars, we're getting like the guy who's probably going to get the MVP of the league. Uh, with Nikola Jokic uh, oh. this round and the Denver team that's been hot all year. So, you know, the road doesn't get any easier, but, you know, they're that good. You know, they've finished ahead of Denver in the rankings for a reason. So, uh, you know, let's go Suns. Let's get this championship and uh, keep that ball rolling. And really, it's the, the whole playoffs is wide open and the only – Big threat looming out there is Brooklyn with their uh, three-headed monster out there. But, um, you know, we already took down the king and his most loyal subject. And so the rest of it, the rest of y'all come get it too. All right? Let's go Suns. So are, the, are the Suns being favored then in that uh, matchup, I'm assuming? I believe they are slightly, slight favorites okay. to beat Denver. Probably and, four, six games. Uh, I believe six games, and they are um, fourth favorite to win the championship right now. Oh, they're the four. Okay, so you have probably Milwaukee and Brooklyn ahead of them. Yeah, and then who else? The Clippers. Uh, I think the Clippers were. Yeah, the Clippers in Dallas, okay. I think, are still tied at number three. Oh, okay. Oh, so because whoever's there, winning that series has a better. Okay, and that go, that's going to Game Seven, isn't it? 
Yep. This. Yep. They, we're going to find out who wins that series. Okay. I think tonight. Today or tomorrow. Tonight. Okay. Um, I'm pulling for the Mavericks because I hate Paul George and I hate Kawhi Leonard. So there you go. Go Clippers. <laughs> go Luca. That Luca, man. He. You talk about like in five or six years. I mean, he's yeah. going to. I don't know what he'll be doing, but I mean, he already looks like he's got it figured out now, which is crazy. So, um, but anyways, uh, basketball talk is on the state of basketball on BW Sports One. <laughs> if you want to join them, I I have to check their schedule. It's either Wednesday or Thursday. I think it's Thursday night, but um, we have a whole plethora here. Thank you for joining us on Super Kick with Steven. Thank you to the Greg, my fellow co-host. Thank you for joining us on YouTube. Thank you for joining us on BW Sports One Facebook and, of course, right here at Super Kicking with Steven. We will talk to you guys next week with um, – we got – oh, we got TakeOver uh, in your house yeah. predictions next week. Then we have Hell in the Cell predictions. Then we got Money in the Bank. And that is where – oh, I'm really excited for Money in the Bank because I don't know where – I if there's any, if there's anybody left by then. NFWB is not up for sale, which we didn't even get into, <laughs> but – um, we probably should have because that's been a topic that people talked about, but we will do that next week. So thank you for watching. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.